Safety, dependability, and power. Chevy Silverado isn't happy unless the work is hard and the day is long. No wonder Silverado is America's number one best-selling retail pickup truck. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. In the 30s, there are three teams that dominated the league. New York Giants, Green Bay Packers, and the Bears. And nobody could come close to us. It's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Who knows, maybe we come out running like wing T or something. Right on cue, Justin Fields to the end zone. With your host, the one and only, Kevin Powell. We're rolling and it's go time. Let's talk football. We've all sat through miserable, pathetic, awful offensive performances by the Chicago Bears over the years. That one near the top. That was pathetic. Net passing yards for the Bears, one. I'm Kevin Powell. This is the WGN Radio Football Podcast. The Bears losing in Cleveland 26-6. And okay, it was 10-3 at halftime. I don't care who was playing quarterback for the Bears today, whether it was Fields, whether it was Dalton, if it was Nick Foles, whoever it was, they didn't seem to stand a chance against this Browns defense, at least with the play calling that Matt Nagy and the Bears were rolling out. Maybe make an adjustment. Maybe chip Miles Garrett. Maybe double-team him more often. Jason Peters did not look good. The the entire offensive line was bad. There's really nothing good you can take from this offensive performance by the Bears. And I felt bad for Justin Fields at one point. I mean, this is a guy who's who's a stud. He comes from winning programs, did basically nothing but win in college football. Here's what he had to say after the loss. Uh, The way I feel right now. You know, I'm not used to this, so I I don't like feeling like this, so... um. Uh, just me not wanting to feel like this. And literally while I'm saying this, I'm getting goosebumps because I just don't like feeling like this. So um, I'm just going to get back and I'm, I'm, I'm going to work. That's, that's it. Other than a severe injury, I don't know if you can draw up a worse first NFL career start for a guy you believe could be your franchise quarterback for the next 10-plus years. Because that's the hope with Justin Fields. And the Bears gave up a lot to get him, and I think everyone was on board with that. Everybody was waiting. A lot of fans were really pushing the Bears to start Justin Fields. Is Matt Nagy the right guy to develop Justin Fields? That's a, that's a fair question. He had an opportunity with Mitch Trubisky. And I think it is valid to bring up Trubisky here because Matt Nagy, you, you don't see this often. And really, Ryan Pace had an opportunity to draft a second franchise, a guy you hope to be a franchise quarterback, after missing on Mitch Trubisky. Matt Nagy didn't do a great job of, of calling plays and developing Trubisky. It's not all on Nagy, but you know, mostly on Mitch Trubisky. But still, this is a second go-around for Matt Nagy to prove he can develop a system that works and, and, and create an offense that works for a franchise quarterback. Justin Fields was sacked nine times. They didn't make any adjustments. They refused to make any adjustments. I've said this before. You do get this sense of stubbornness from Matt Nagy that whatever system he does have in place, that he truly believes that's what's going to work no matter what. And that hasn't been the case over the past few years now. It just hasn't. The play calling can be infuriating at times. Now, the offensive line wasn't very good, but clearly there are things you can do to help your offensive line. You've got Jimmy Graham. You've got Cole Komet. Both of those guys, for the most part, have been MIA through the first three weeks of the season. Jimmy Graham, Cole Komet, there was a ton of talk in camp leading up to the season about them being contributors. The Bears stuck with Jimmy Graham after giving him a pretty big deal, big contract. Cole Komet, high hopes for him, not really much there. They've got to figure something out. I know everybody's just about done with Matt Nagy calling plays, Matt Nagy being the Chicago Bears head football coach. 
I, I just this is such an embarrassing moment for the Chicago Bears. I can't remember a player uh, uh, that has been this hyped for the Chicago Bears, like ever. At least a guy they've drafted. And this is what you this is what you roll them out with: an incompetent offense, a coach that doesn't do anything to help him out. He's getting killed in the backfield. That's the first start for Justin Fields, the guy everybody is so excited about. And I, th- and I think they should. This is one game. I'm not saying this is on fields. Did he look good? No. Didn't really have a lot of opportunities to look good. I think this is more on – I don't think we learned a ton about Justin Fields today just because I don't think he had a ton of opportunities. He said all the right things in the post game. You know, he, his teammates clearly have his back. But again, Matt Nagy, he's the play caller and just another – Horrendous performance from this offense. One passing yard, folks. One passing yards. Total net yards rushing 46 on the day. Again, Justin Fields was sacked nine times. Here was Matt Nagy after the Bears' second loss of the season. I obviously, as a head coach, did not do a good enough job of uh, getting this offense ready to go, to be able to play and win a football game. So uh, it starts with me, it ends with me, and uh, it's as simple as that. You look at time of possession dominated by the Browns. 39 minutes, 34 seconds, the Browns had the ball. And look, nobody on the defensive side of the ball is going to point fingers at the offense. And I will say this. I don't know for sure. Doesn't seem like Matt Nagy's lost the locker room since he's been here. Doesn't seem that way. Nobody's lashed out yet. Over the past couple years, even with these offenses, he's rolled out. And look, I thought the Bears' defense was, was solid. You got to figure that the the constant failures of the offense has to weigh on the defense, especially e- even if it's just not necessarily on the Bears' offense. And the defense watches this and say, again, a three and out, a punt, that's it, that's all our offense did. But when they're on the field that long, the defense is eventually going to break. It just will, whether it's because they run out of gas or just because it's typical NFL offenses are going to find a way if they're facing a defense that often. Typically, Bears couldn't figure anything out on the offensive side of the ball. It was really, really bad and really frustrating. And and again, I know there's been a long, long, long list of bad Bears offensive performances. Basically forever. This one, and I know it's the recency bias, and I'm sure there are some I can go back and look at. Like This one's up there. And something has to change, whether it's Matt Nagy giving up play calling again, which doesn't seem like he wants to do that. Um, personnel changes. I don't know what you do. I mean, all, all, going into the season, the biggest concern for me was the secondary and the offensive line. The offensive line was a major, major issue in this loss to Cleveland. Nine sacks. Here was Cody Whitehair after the loss. Yeah, I mean, they're they're tough. Uh, losses are tough when you when you don't play well off, offensively. It's tough, um, but it's all about how you bounce back. You can't let you can't let this trickle over into to multiple games. Um, you know, so like I said, we'll get we'll get back to work next week and, and get this thing fixed going forward. Justin Fields' first career start, and everyone's excited seeing Justin Fields jerseys all around town, wherever you go. Everybody's excited about Justin Fields, and that's the sort of protection you give him. Are you kidding me? Figure something out. It's really, really bad. All right, that's enough of my Bears rant. I want to share my conversation with WGN Radio's uh, Mark Carmen does pre- and post-game on WGN Radio with Hamp and OB. And by the way, the past uh, couple games, I've, I finished the post-game podcast with a best-of Hamp and OB. Just a little highlight package of those two on our WGN Radio post-game show and kind of 
you know, trim it down to about a minute and a half, two minutes. And it's, it's, uh, those, those guys were fired up after this one. I'm watching to getting towards the end of the game. I'm like, man, Hamp and OP are going to light this team up. And they did not hold back. So that'll be coming up uh, towards the end of the podcast. But first, here's my conversation with Mark Carmen. Now joining me on the podcast is Mark Carmen. You can hear him on WGN Radio before and after Bears games with Hamp and OB. Follow his stuff at fansided.com as well. Carm, what what was that? That was brutal. It, it was. KP, I feel I feel a lot of things right now, but mostly I think I just sort of feel sad. Like you got this stud quarterback in theory at least, and you just in his first ever start, he threw for one yard. I mean, how could you do that to the kid? I feel bad for him, and I never feel bad for a professional athlete who makes millions of dollars getting to live the dream. But I think the Bears did it to me today where I actually feel bad for Fields. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, man. Like, I was watching just – and look, he carries himself like a pro. Again, like you said, in theory, he seems to check all the boxes and everything you're looking for. But, like, this game – and, of course, he can build on it. He said all the right things in the post game, Like – this is going to turn into one of those, like, it'll be a meme. You know, this is going to be something people, hey, remember the time the Bears <laughs> threw for one passing yard? And it was Justin Fields' debut of all games, of all of the offensive performances, the horrendous offensive performances we've seen from the Chicago Bears. Justin Fields, like one of the most hyped players ever for the Chicago Bears, and this is what they roll out. I, I felt kind of bad for him, too. Like, this is a guy coming from nothing but winning. He's a stud in college. He's he's does basically nothing but win at Ohio State, first NFL start, and this is the game he gets thrown into. You had a feeling too, or maybe we should have had a feeling that something not quite this bad, but somewhere in the realm was possible, because all the rhetoric from Nagy's like you know uh, we're going back to Dalton when he's healthy again. So that was one. He I understand that he's protecting his guy Dalton, I guess, a little bit. But that was concerning. Also, more concerning was that it was obvious that he was still trying to figure out on the fly what the right plays are for Justin Fields, and he was still running his offense that was more schemed, which I don't know if we can even allow the word schemed for a Matt Nagy offense at this point, but was more schemed for, for Dalton. I, it's kind of amazing that this is your whole franchise, and yet here we are in week three, and they're just now, I suppose, starting to figure out what they're supposed to do. And so that left you against a great Browns defense with a terrible Bears offensive line on the road, and it turned into one of the worst games in the history of the Bears franchise as far as quarterback play goes. It's it's really pathetic. Yeah, and I heard you talking on the post game with Hampton OB. You talk, you, Look, there have been a lot of people in town, Bears fans, who have been shouting for Justin Fields to start essentially since day one. Uh, people wanted this to happen where Justin Fields got an opportunity early in the season. I was never really one of those people who was just like, put in Fields, put in Fields, put in Fields, as it was somehow perfect, if it was, it was going to be some sort of perfect way to develop him as a quarterback. Now, at the same time, like I don't think we learned a ton about Justin Fields today, but I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that a lot of this stuff, whatever Matt Nagy was dialing up, didn't even have a real opportunity to to actually play out, right? Like, he was on the run, sacked nine times, Carm. 
That's insane. So, like, I don't think we did learn a ton about Justin Fields. Is he ready? Is he not ready? Whatever. We don't know. But I think, to me, it was another another chapter in the Matt, Nag- Matt Nagy era of, of horrible play calling, bad scheming, lack of adjustments. How are you not chipping Miles Garrett late in the game after he's terrorized your, your rookie quarterback the entire game? I mean, they did nothing to help the offensive line. The offensive line wasn't good. Just There's just so much reason to be frustrated with this team and the coaching staff and Matt Nagy. How are you not chipping him at the start of the game? He's Miles Garrett. You have Jason Peters. He was on a fishing boat. He's 39 years old. He nearly blew out his calf in week one. He can't move. And even though, even when things didn't look as bad, that third and two KP, when they did that little pitch play and, and trying to run off left tackle, like, dude, he can't do that. That's not his game. Use deception. I, something. I mean, I don't know. I, I did. I did uh, play by play for Sports Broadcast Solutions on Friday night high school football. <laughs> St. Ignatius upsetting Mount Carmel, and they were running the you know the triple option whatever. I had no idea who had the football. Some of the worst play by play you'll ever hear. Why can't they? You know, you know, <laughs> like they came up with better deception. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, when I saw, when I saw that play, I mean, it was just such a naggy play, right? Like it seems something on paper was like, wow, this looks like this looks great. Look what I've created here. We got this guy going here, this guy going here, and yeah, yeah, Justin Peters pulling out left to go block. Uh, I believe it was a defensive back, like Jason Peters in the open field against a guy that's you know half his weight and faster and quicker. Like, that's a tough block. What did you think of, and not that it really matters now that we saw the whole full four quarters, um, you know, the biggest offensive play came from that basically Hail Mary from Justin Fields where he, where he tossed it up and the Bears got a 48-yard pass interference call and it was fourth and two, fourth and three, kicked a field goal. That made it 13-6. to six. I was hollering for them to go for it. Um, just because the way the offense was looking, like, yeah, you can make the case, well, this offense you trust to get fourth and two. Okay, but if that's the case, do you even trust this offense to get back into the red zone at any point? So, again, not that it mattered all that much at the end of the day, just because when you looked at how bad the Bears' offense was. I, I'm just curious your take, because I, I just I thought that was a moment to go for seven, not three. I, mean, I was right with you, and I think, at least judging by social media, literally the whole city was right with you. That, yeah, okay, you're probably, I would even say you're probably not going to get the first down and or touchdown. But it's obvious, considering the circumstances, that you have no choice but to go for it there and see, and see somehow if you can dial something up that works. You, The offense was non-existent. Here you are, you're, you know, you're, you have a chance to make it a football game, not a one-score game. It's unlikely that you're going to keep Cleveland out of the end zone the rest of the day. And I, I just didn't get it. This is the guy who goes for it on fourth down all the time. He goes for it at midfield. It, look at week one. We, so we've gone that far backwards from week one to week three that you have no confidence to, to now go for it on fourth down. What does that say about the way you're coaching up the team? Ain't good. Uh, it, it didn't make any sense to me. You're, you have nothing to lose. You're on the road. You're at Cleveland. This is a Super Bowl contender. You're not. Try to win the football game. Nobody, nobody would have held it against him if if they hadn't gotten it on fourth down. It would he would have 
he just got in his own way once again there, just trying to be conservative. I, I suppose he was thinking, well, maybe if we get it, we get a field goal here, then we can somehow get a pick six and or fumble recovery for a touchdown. Somehow we can win the football game, but that's not the way you can you, you operate. It made no sense. Yeah, and if that's the way you're thinking, that's you're not winning that game if your mind's even going there, right? And um, and look, if they get stuffed there, maybe that creates an opportunity for the defense to make something happen. But sure. it, anyways, I mean, like. That in the grand scheme of what today was, that didn't matter a whole ton. I guess maybe it gave them would have given them a little bit more momentum. Uh, who knows? What did you think of the defense? I actually thought they were solid enough to get off the field. Cleveland certainly was moving the ball, but they came up with some big sacks, some big stops on fourth down and third down. Um, and you got to figure the fact that the offense was so bad, and we've said this now for the past two three years with this defense, like. It has to weigh on a defense to constantly be watching an offense that's really, really bad. And then when you look at the time of possession, it was like 40 minutes Cleveland, 20 minutes Bears, essentially. Right, and I forget what the total plays were, but I think it was at least uh, almost 2-1 uh, to one or whatever. However it shook out, it was a lot more for the Browns. I, I actually thought the defense played great. I, I, I'm, re- I'm very happy for Robert Quinn. The guy's showing up mm-hmm. literally healthy this year and making an impact. Um, you know, Matt going off the field, that was concerning, but then he came back and we saw him a bunch more today i wonder about his health going forward and it's like they're squeezing the last bit of lemon uh you know everything they can possibly get out of the defense and there's not much left uh, and eddie jackson continues to not be able to tackle which isn't great but overall they certainly didn't lose because of the defense and they could have they could have won because of the defense if you had even a remotely competent offense but they didn't i Oh, but I, I thought that you know Mario Edwards comes back. He's in the backfield, gets sacked. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many? They, I think what do we have? Six sacks, one less than the Browns, or rather five or six, whatever it was. It was impressive. So yeah, five. There sacks. is still something. Yeah, okay. So there's still something there if they could get their offense going. Uh, I really think he's got to fire himself, KP. You you go you now. He looks in the mirror. Hey, listen. I look back on last year and realized that when I gave up play calling, the team was better. And I'm not going to put myself in front of the team. I, I, I thought that this was the best move, but clearly it's not. And I'm going to focus on being the best head coach I can be. Bill Lazor is going to take over from here, and, I, and I'm going to get out of the way. Nobody, If he said that, I think, you know, within the organization, and who cares about it, but, you know, the, the reaction on social media, the fan base, everybody would be in approval of that. And, I, you know, sometimes you just got to look in the mirror, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's... Carm, this is like historically bad, this performance from the Bears. And like on the day you rolled out a guy who's supposed to be your, the guy you finally can say, we have a franchise quarterback in Chicago, and this was the performance. So I guess they can only go up from here. Um, I, 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 right? I mean, that was so... Well, if you If you lose to the Lions, I suppose that would be considered worse than what happened today, which is definitely in play. Bears and Lions meet at Soldier... On Sunday, Lions losing today. Um, any other uh, final thoughts, Carm, on this performance? From uh, what was it like being in the studio with Dan Hampton and Ed Obradovich after that one? I would just say that uh, you know I knew they were going to come out firing, but I was a little bit caught off guard by how incredibly hard they came out, just absolutely begging George Pekaski to fire the head coach. <laughs> I mean, it was and and normally Ob. Peter's out at least, you know, 50% after the first segment, but he kept up his visceral, 
100% anger for the full two hours today, which, and he said, I think, towards the end of it, that uh, I will not forget this game for a long time. So he also, by the way, <laughs> you'll enjoy this, KP. There was some of the bridges apparently were up this morning. So he gets, it took him 40 minutes. He lives about two, two blocks from the studio. It took him 40 minutes to drive here. He came in. I mean, ready to just absolutely throw down. <laughs> like I, I patted him on the back, good morning, and he's like, don't. You have no idea what I've been through to get him. I'm like, all right, save it. You're all right, buddy. Oh, poor OB. I love those guys. Um, one last thing. Hearing Matt, Nag- and I'll give Matt Nagy credit for, you know, he's, he owns up to it, right? He's like, that's on me, starts with me, all the coach speak after these games. But, like, hearing him ha- say that and have to own up to this stuff for, like, three years straight, like, I think that's kind of telling about Matt Nagy's coaching tenure with the Chicago Bears where I, you know, as he was, like, apologizing after that, not apologizing, but he's, oh, this is on me. The blame's on me. It starts with me. I'm like, I have heard him say that. I can't even count how many times over the past three or four years, right? Like, yep. uh, enough. Like, just figure it out. <laughs> we don't care anymore. Just do something to help this offense. Yeah, there was uh, Jack Silverstein who does a – I love him because he does some deep dives on Bulls basketball that is just legendary. But he, he was pulling tweets from 2018, this is on me. 2019, this is on me. 2020, this is on me. This year, he's already done it twice. First week was on him. This week's on him. Every week's on him. Uh, you know, that's – hey, it's not his fault that they hired him. But that just go, it goes back to – they hired a first-time general manager in Pace who hired a first-time head coach in Manag. And then, you know, if you rewind back to the Trubisky era, you, you basically hired a, a first-time quarterback. Then the guy started 13 games at North Carolina. And, and now you're trying to, you know, reinvent the whole thing with Justin Field. It, it just doesn't look good. It really doesn't. <sighs> Isn't it a terrifying thought to think that Justin Fields doesn't work out here? <laughs> I know it's just one game, but, right. like, it it is a terrifying thought. I'm sure Bears fans will be thinking about that at least for a full week before uh, Bears get another crack at the uh, at the Lions. Well, and just a reminder on that: look, Trevor Lawrence was consensus number one overall pick, and he's been straight brutal. I don't know how many interceptions he threw today, but him and Zach Wilson came into today both with five interceptions, which was tops in a category you don't want to be tops in. So they're freaking out in New York that they blew it with Wilson after blowing it with Darnold, who's playing better in Carolina. Peyton Manning sucked his, his rookie year. Uh, so did Troy Aikman. Long line of guys, their rookie year does not go well. So let's not go there with Fields. But it crossed my mind, KP. Did they blow it? Should they have taken Mac Jones? I mean, it's, it's in there somewhere. Yeah, and I, look, I, again, I don't think this is on Fields necessarily today. I mean, you just they, – they were the Browns' front seven was living in the Bears' backfield. So it is just one game. Right. But I think it's – to me, it's more so not like, oh, Fields looked awful. Maybe he's a bust. I mean, one, it's one game and, and everything to your point. Two, it's more of like – can Matt Nagy actually find a way to develop and progress Justin Fields over the next year or so? Right. But we, we will right. see. Uh, listen to Carm on WGN Radio before and after every game uh, with Dan Hampton, Ed Obradovich. Follow him on Twitter, at the Carm. Watch his stuff, read his stuff at Fansided. Where are you headed to? An anniversary party, Carm? Yeah, that's why I couldn't hang with you in studio, KP. My apologies. But uh, happy anniversary to, to uh, Papa Fred and Adele. 30 years, which is Completely amazing. Uh, technically 29, but they're in their mid-90s. And just in case they don't make it to the 
not to be morbid for a second, but just in case they don't make it to 30, they're doing it now. We're going one year early for the 30th, which uh, I love. If, if, if only Matt Nagy had that strategy, uh, perhaps we could win some more football games. All righty. I'll let you go, Carm. Thanks a bunch for jumping on, and uh, we'll be listening. We'll be uh, watching and following. Thanks. Thanks, KP. Appreciate you. All right, up next before we wrap it up, it's the Hampton OB highlights. We like to package together some of the best moments from the Hampton OB show on WGN Radio. Finish off each post-game podcast with it, and here it is. Now, <laughs> this will be set up. The year 2021. Pace, our general manager, has been here seven years. Nagy, four years, okay? We are in the third game of the 21 season. And at the end of this game, folks... At the end of this game, with our number one draft choice at quarterback, we passed for a net one yard. That would be one as in one. And we ran for 46 yards for a total of 47 yards. If Nagy is the head coach tomorrow, that would have to be the laughing stock in the city of Chicago. He is a disgrace. We have a total net yardage of 47 yards and one passing yard. And this is a passing league. And this guy, Nagy, is our head coach. I'm not making this stuff up, folks. You can't believe this. You, <laughs> uh, well, we're so smart. We don't even chip one time. And yet they pillage our first round draft pick. Hey, if I'm Justin Fields, I tell him. I've got a bad shoulder. I'm not playing again. I wouldn't play behind this guy's play calling one more down. How the hell is it that we don't go downfield today? We tried it one time and got an interference call. Again, the stupidity of this coaching staff. And again, 26 coaches. Folks, a net yard after 60 minutes of football. We have net yard passing one. Nagy. George McCaskey, will you get rid of this clown? You can't let this go on. Whose fault is it? The kids out there? You're the ones picking them. You're the ones saying they can play. And you're the ones coming up with the game plan. George McCaskey, fire this idiot tonight. All right, that's going to do it for episode number six of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Hopefully next week we're talking about a Bears victory, but there's going to be a lot to talk about. There's going to be Matt Nagy conversation, quarterback talk uh, in town all week. So more podcasts on the way. Thank you again for listening. Thanks to Mark Carmen for joining me. Thanks to Ernie Scatton and Brian Altzheimer for their help uh, producing the podcast as well. Thanks again for listening. This is the WGN Radio Football Podcast.